Hey guys, and welcome to FTK Q&A session 21 about micronutrition with Pip Taylor. This episode is brought to you by Pillar Performance. Leaders in sports micronutrition, Pillar Performance are changing the way micros are viewed when it comes to optimal performance. High strength and informal sports certified, Pillar's range supports optimal recovery, elevates energy, boosts immunity, and relieves inflammation. Head to pillarperformance.shop to find out more, and you can use the code FTK10, which gives you $10 off at checkout. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm leading this interview today by myself because Brett is over in the UK and the time difference is incredibly difficult to organize a time. Uh, I'm joined with micronutrition expert and performance nutritionist, Pip Taylor. How are you going, Pip? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No worries at all. Um, we've been having uh, plenty of questions that throughout this season two doing our Q&A session when Brett and I put up the um, the the call for questions. And obviously, we've had quite a lot of episodes now supported by P- Pillar Performance. Um, and a lot of our listeners have been asking so many questions about, you know, the products and stuff. And Brett and I have absolutely no idea. So, we thought we better get an expert on who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> Always happy to come and talk anything nutrition and sport and micronutrition. So, absolute pleasure. So, Pip, you were actually a professional triathlete. I was, um, yeah, spent many years, uh, nearly nearly 14 years as, as that as my profession. Um, and before moving on, um, I'm also an accredited sports dietitian, accredited dietitian, you know, all of all of those ticks and pieces of paper. Um, and partly it was my athletic background that took me down that path. You know, I think, Probably like most athletes, we have a real drive to continually um, be better and get the most of ourselves from, on a daily basis. And, you know, I think you're in training programs and there's a, there's, there's a lot that you can't control. Um, but for me, food and nutrition was something that, that I could take complete control of and use to my benefit by understanding how and what and and when to be eating and and how that could improve um, not only race day performance but also how I felt on a on a day to day basis and it was really that interest you know that I I, I guess I took to that that next level um, with that scientific background and then that desire uh, to to be helping others in that space as well so I've worked with you know athletes from a, a range of different sports um, at the top of their game elite level um, competing at, at world champs across range of different sports but also um, right through the ranks from, from juniors and and also amateurs um, and I've worked with sport elite sports teams as well yeah I looked on your on your website there's a huge big a massive list of logos of, of, of companies that you've worked for and sports teams professional and recreation um, I think it's definitely yeah as you were saying, um, so many athletes, not only pro- professional athletes, but also recreational athletes. I know, like a, plenty of the the people, both Brett and I coach, and and people that we interact with in the in the distance running world, they spend so much time focusing on their training and you know how to train harder and how to train faster and stuff like that. And often nutrition um, is neglected, you know, or or people you know think about they only look at nutrition from a Mac macro point of view where it's like oh I need to be having a big bowl of pasta the night before a big training session 
I think that's a really valid point on two fronts there. You know, it's I often find that it's um, it's the amateurs or any active individuals that are trying to stay health, healthy and active while still working, still have a family. They're under the most challenging loads, you know. I no longer have the professional life where you can train and come back and recover. You know, if things are squeezed in between the reality of life, of work and kids and, you know, juggling everything at once. Um, so it does become easy to, you know, lose sight of those those really basic things that keep you healthy and functioning and feeling good, um, of which nutrition is a real key. Um, and, you know, for me, for me, what you eat underpins every facet of what you do. So what you eat is going to have an impact on your training adaptations. It's going to have an impact on how effectively you're working in the in the gym. It's going to have a real impact on your mood and your cognitive function, which, you know, as you know, is also key to getting you out the door to training. Definitely. Yeah, I, I can tell that even when, you know, sometimes I'll be even like, you know, working on, on an, you know, in an interview or, or something like this with the, with the FTK podcast, I'll, yeah, notice certain times when I'm like either overtired from training um, and then it puts me in a worse mood and then high, you know, I feel more stressed. Everyone that listens to the podcast knows I'm a big stress head. And um, yeah, then I'll sometimes be thinking, geez, I wonder if I'm like lacking in some sort, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So all of those things can be um, moderated or assisted by diet and and you're also correct in saying that we're so tuned into the macros so we're so well aware of you know before a session we need to have the fuel on board and then post-session you've got to get in your protein you've got to get in your carb yeah and that's great but that really misses the um the important parts which is the little bits the micros so so they're literally the um you know macro is big and and the micros are the the small components, so they're almost the invisible um, nutrient components of food that that you're not necessarily aware of as you're eating. But they're all the vitamins, all the minerals, all the antioxidants, all the polyphenols, and they're the things that really keep things. Polyphenols. I don't think I've ever even heard that word before. What's a what's a polyphenol? <laughs> polyphenols. They're well. There's all sorts of them, but. If you think of um, your rich, dark-coloured things like your berries yep. um, and your purple carrots and, um, you know, your dark leafy greens, those components, so it's it's all of those level of components that are really, really important um, for functioning, functioning of, of every single tissue within your body and also your brain functioning well. Yeah. So those hidden, those hidden bits of pieces, which are totally lost in that conversation if we're just talking about, carbs and protein and fat yeah it's really easy to meet those those requirements and still eat really pretty shittily yeah it's definitely that there's probably some recreational runners out there who haven't especially if they listen to our podcast we talk about like what white rice a lot for loading and stuff like that and it's like i can't imagine white rice is full of micronutrients it's <laughs> i might be wrong but i can't i can't imagine it is and if you just you know it's pretty easy to just have a big bowl of white rice before training and then a protein shake after and then you go oh yep i'm healthy and it's like well no you're probably missing and it's really interesting you say that because we used to kind of say in in nutrition that you know you eat an adequate diet and you'll be fine. And then for an athlete, 
as your activity goes up, you simply eat more. So you're eating more of that stuff. So again, you still don't need to supplement, but that's totally inaccurate. Yeah. Because that's one of Brett's questions um, and he said, why are micronutrients needed if you eat a well-balanced diet? And I read that and I thought, come on, Brett, you should know that. What is wrong with you? <laughs> what, one I'd say on that, when we look at, you know, recommendations, they're for adequate. And yeah. I don't reckon you or any of your listeners want to be adequate. If no. you went if you went to your, your race you know, your goals, goals for the season. Yeah, I just I just want to come across the line. <laughs> so so that's the first thing. We're all kind of wanting to be a bit special. We're all wanting to perform. And that goes across the board. That doesn't mean that you're aiming to, you know, go out and win your local 10K or win the 10K at World Champs or whatever that is. That may simply mean I want to go and train and be enjoy my training but still go to work and perform at my work. Or still come home and be a good member of my family and not, you know, poor mood, too tired. Yeah. So so that's the first thing. The other thing, exactly as you mentioned, white rice, lollies, sports gels, drinks, they actually serve a real purpose um, in an athlete's life at the right time. So it's a fallacy to go, oh, increased activity, we simply increase the, the good, wholesome foods that we're eating because it's not appropriate. There are times where it's those refined foods are actually serving a, a real purpose, um, one, for performance, but two, you know, even the timing around having them, if you're going into a race or a hard session fueled by eating them, you are actually, one, getting the most from the session, but two, you're not having this kind of over- overreaching, overtrained state where your, your cortisol and your stress levels go up and then that tips you into, you know, um, uh, low, lowering your immune status. Yeah. So I know all about that. <laughs> it's bringing home to me. <laughs> so those foods, while they're still getting a tick on that front, what they're then not meaning is that you're, you've still got this gap in your micronutrient requirements. Yeah. Because you're, you're training all of these micros, like your, your B vitamins and your magnesium, they're utilised every time that you are generating energy and you think about an athlete's day, they're generating a lot of energy continually. Yeah. More than someone sitting at a desk. So those micros are used in all of those processes. So it kind of makes sense that we're burning through those faster. Mm -hmm. So you need to be taking in more of those. Or you have these gaps that appear. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, let's just kick straight off into, we've got a bunch of listener questions. So, thank you to everyone who wrote in. Um, I thought about whether we should include this or not because it's funny. So, I thought we'll put it at the very beginning. But obviously, Kale, <coughs> Kale Bowd didn't understand the difference between micros and macros because he's leading us. <laughs> he's leading. He, he missed the, uh, the expert Q&A session we did earlier with Jess Rothwell, which surrounded, you know, macros and marathon training. So, let's just get this out of the way, get your uh, opinion on it. But he asks, what is the difference between high-carb, low-sugar foods versus high-carb, high-sugar foods in performance? I think what he's meaning there is the difference between high glycemic index and low glycemic index because carbs, carbs and sugars, sugars are carbs. So they're, they're, they're both used for energy. Um, some are just more slow-releasing ones, which if you think in really simple terms, it might be your, your really grainy foods or your really um, higher fibre foods um, that are going to provide 
longer release sustained energy. And then your, your high GI ones, they're like your white rice. So they're the ones that serve that purpose of, you know, a quick fuel in that time straight before a training session. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Let's get into the micro questions now, <laughs> now that we've got that over the, over and done with. Um, so here's one from Logan Janetsky, and he is just being recently crowned the under-20 Australian cross-country champion. So good, good job, Logan. Um, he's asked, how long before calcium do I take a vitamin D to get maximum absorption of the calcium? Yeah, they can be taken together. And and in the pillar products, they, they are together. Yeah, because that's the one I take. They're, they're together. That's why when I read that, I went, oh, geez, am I doing the right? And then I was like, no, nah, surely, surely if Pill have got them together, <laughs> they know what they're doing. <laughs> yep. And they're, and they're together for a reason. You know, both of those are really important um, for bone health and strength. So, okay. So that's a bit of a myth that you should be, that you should be taking. Like, is does vitamin D help absorption of the calcium or is it That'll help with absorption of it. He, he may be getting confused perhaps with, with caffeine or having it with, with coffee. Okay. Caffeine can, um, you know, can can prevent, can block some of the absorption of that. Of calcium? Mm, correct. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, there's a couple of questions on that about um, going, yeah, a bit further, further along. Um, Katrina Winger asks, do runners need more iron than the average person? Um, often the answer is yes. Um, that's, you know, a little bit of a caveat. Iron is something that's so easy to test for. So if this is a question that you're asking, I think the very first thing is to get a blood test, um, and to have a look at, at, at where those, you know, serum levels lie. But, but yes, runners, um, I mean, females in general, are more, um, prone to having low iron, but runners also, you know, every single time, every foot strike on the ground, you're killing some, killing some red blood cells and, um, and losing iron that way. Really? I never would have thought of it like that, but it makes sense, right? Yeah. Hemolytic foot strike. Jeez. Now, every time I'm running, I'm thinking I'm going to be going goodbye iron. <laughs> See you later iron. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So, um, endurance athletes, um, females, um, vegan or vegetarian athletes, they're all at, you know, highest risk. And when we look at runners, there, there's a fair few that kind of fit all of those risk profiles. So, yeah, it's just something e to easily keep an eye on and check. What does, this might sound like a stupid question, but what actually is the role of iron at, for an athlete? Yeah, iron is, you need iron to carry oxygen around the body. I knew that, by the way. I was just asking that just to... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's, you know, it's fairly obvious why we need oxygen and why endurance athletes um, in particular, runners, any sort of athlete would um, need to be having adequate supply of oxygen. Yeah. And and low iron is is a horrible feeling. Oh, it is, yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, and you've, and you've probably experienced it. So bad, just tired, grumpy, depressed. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, because you think too, you know, your, your brain also needs um, iron to function yeah. properly. So, yeah. Uh, Ruben Balafi asks, what's the difference between the pillar triple magnesium professional recovery powder and the tablets? Um, none. It's the same formulation. So the only difference um, between those two is your preference, whether you... I did think that but the uh, because the tablets, there's no, there's, they're not nowhere near as fun. 
they're not flavored. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's like, do you want to, before bed, do you want to have a, a boring tablet or do you want like the really amazing drink, which tastes so good? That's right. However, what, what I have, um, quite a few of the athletes that I have worked with when they travel. Yes. Easier for traveling. Yeah, definitely. You don't, yeah, it's making a, um, yeah, one of those drinks at the airport is probably going to be a little bit more difficult, right? <laughs> um, another question from Ruben Balafi. He says, is it safe to take fat-soluble micronutrition supplements if we don't know we need them or are deficient of them? Um, it's a really good question because he's correct in saying that um, the fat-soluble ones can, they can accumulate and there is such a thing as toxicity. However, that's extremely uncommon and would be very difficult to get to that state. You'd have to be, you know, really consciously. Um, Eating them like a bag of gummy bears, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so possible but extremely difficult. Okay. Uh, Lionel Worth asks, why should I take a magnesium supplement rather than eat an extra banana or two? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we kind of we kind of answered that at the start, um, but I think one other consideration we didn't touch on is that you know mag magnesium is found widely in foods. It's found in whole grains and leafy greens and bananas, um, cocoa. But a couple of things: one, the magnesium content of those foods is reliant on the soil quality. So we're seeing, and, and all of the values that you see advertised or assigned to certain foods are values that were assigned years ago, like decades ago. Oh, and, wow. and we know that in that time too, the quality of soil is degraded. There aren't the same minerals in a lot of the soil that we use for growing the foods. So it's... it's so our fresh produce are getting like over time getting less and less new nutrient rich. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's fascinating. Been wondering why those capsicums aren't tasting as good as 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons. So it's it's again one of these reasons why, you know, you might be thinking that you're eating well and you're doing everything right, but you you can still be having those um nutrition gaps. Yeah. I think it's also, I think also like it's easy for people because I know people that say stuff like this and it's like, oh, well, you know, why are you having that? You just have an extra banana. And it's like those people are just saying it to sort of to argue the point, but then they're not, they're actually probably forgetting to have that extra banana, you know? So it's like easy to say it, but it's like, unless you're, you know, it's just. Well, well, the other, the other part of it too is you can, but sometimes that extra food and that extra volume literally doesn't fit in people's days. Yeah. You know, there are there are some athletes that their training output and training load is, is so high and it's it's almost impossible or impossible for them to continually and consistently eat the volume of food to meet that each day, but also the quality of food to, to meet all of your macro and micro and all of those other needs. You know, which is why we again we talked about those really refined options at times as sports drinks or the lollies, they yeah. provide a really quick boost of energy. So you can top up your energy, but there might not be the time or the simply volume and space in your stomach to keep, keep eating all of these whole nutritious foods to give you the micros without topping up with those supplements at times. Yeah. Okay. 
Makes sense. Um, Jacob Gower asks, the, what are the benefits of magnesium for runners and when should you take it? And then I'll, another follow-on to this is Brad Aird 77 asked the same question, but he also said, does it magnesium interfere with iron absorption? Um, okay, so first of all, no, it doesn't interfere with iron absorption. So magnesium is important for a whole range of things. It's when we think of muscle contraction and relax re- relaxation, it's a key part of that process. So you think about when you're when you're training, you know, how many yeah. times you're doing that, contract, relax. Um, so you start to chew through magnesium, um, which is it's needed in that um ATP, that release of energy. Is that why if you're lacking in magnesium, that's why you'd be like for endurance athletes, you'd be cramping? Yep, that can it can certainly lead to cramping. So fatigue, drop in performance, and possibly cramping. Cramping's really complex. We don't totally, totally understand it. But magnesium deficiency is kind of thought to be a a real key part of that process. So, so, you know, having having sufficient levels of that. It's also really important um, for relaxation and for mood um, and so that recovery, sleep and stress process as well. Um, And as runners know, recovery is where, where it's at. Yeah. We talk about this quite often on the podcast that, again, it's one of those things a lot of athletes, not just recreational athletes, but professional athletes, they just focus on like how important the training is. It's like this training session is going to make me a world champion, do this training, do this training. And they don't really think about recovery. And it's like, it's all about, you know, and I've learned this myself uh, over the over the last like, you know, this this year I've realized that there's no no amount of workouts are going to make you a champion it's it's the recovery in between and just banking week after week after week after week. No hero workouts and yeah, that that's it. And and you know, magnesium is is one of those ones for recovery, but also bone health. Again, that's that's a focus of of runners in particular. Is keeping yeah. bones healthy and strong throughout season after season. So does magnesium play a role in bone health as well? Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah, so again, this this uh, from Luke Nicholson, he says, how soon after a run should you be taking the pillar triple magnesium professional recovery powder? Um, and again, yeah, because I, for myself, um, and I know we've spoken about this on the podcast before, and a lot of our listeners that do use this powder um, have it before bed, you know, with about 30 minutes before bed, um, because it, and it does, is it right? Um, I was speaking to Jared, who at the live show, who's now working um for for pillar uh i was asking him why why does it make you feel relaxed you know i have it and he says it's something about like it gets absorbed straight into the central nervous system or something like that i don't know yeah well it it acts neurally okay it's it's that action on um the the nervous system that helps with that relaxation and bringing on sleep process so when you're having it that 30 minutes before bed is is absolutely when i would be recommending people to have it yeah. Um, ha- having said that, you know, there's you you can have it earlier in the day after a hard workout. Yeah. If you kind of want to maximise benefits, and particularly if you you know um, not a great sleeper to start with, that will help. Yeah, because that was one of Brett's questions. Um, he said he asked, you know, obviously the magnesium is good to have before bed, but is it bad to have it after a morning session? Um, now, would you be 
it's it's a it's a single day um recommend recommended intake right like it's just you don't you don't need to be having like one scoop after training and then one scoop at night is that too much it's single but the thing with magnesium too is that it's you're going to get the most benefits when you start using it consistently uh-huh it's not like an immediate take it and ah you know interesting so even even if you have a hard session in the morning and you're taking it at night with consistency over time, you're still going to have those benefits. Got you. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like surely, yeah, if you're taking it every day for say two weeks and it's like if your body's getting used to that absorption of the of the um, magnesium, then yeah, surely it's not like you have it at night and then the next, mo- the next morning you're training, your body's like forgotten that you've ever taken it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay. Another question that Brett had, which sort of leads on, on to this, is uh, we talked about caffeine and the interaction of um, micronutrition with caffeine. Is there anything that you, obviously most athletes have their morning coffee. um, Some have an afternoon coffee as well. Is that not many are having a night coffee? (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) uh, So yeah, is there anything that we shouldn't be having with caffeine? Really calcium is is the the main one um, in the range that you just want to avoid in that. Already stuffed that up this morning. I had my calcium. I had my calcium, and then uh, about half an hour after my coffee. <laughs> Fantastic. Good work, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> half an hour is um, better than having it with. Okay. So yeah, if you if you kind of giving yourself, even if it's forty five minutes, um, that's that's a fine gap to have. Yeah. Okay. So would you? This yeah, one of my my big sort of question. Um, I said you know I use the entire entire pillar performance range, um, and I'm wondering you know obviously we've spoken about what time you should be taking each micro and stuff, because um, I have the Ultra B active in the morning and I have the triple magnesium recovery powder in the evening. But you know I've got a bunch of other you know great pillar products. Um, I'm having like the Zinc Immune Training Advantage. I have the Ultra Omega Joint Freedom Fish Oil. Um, I'm also having the GCM complex joint freedom when and where like that's a lot of you know products there what one how do they all this is a big question so it's like how do they all interact with each other um and like what is the best time to have you know certain things like should it be having that with that that with that oh then you know don't have that in the morning have that at night things like that yeah it's a really good question and and you know, there's a whole heap that you could be having ongoing, no issue. But as you said, you know, more the question is kind of pill fatigue um, mm-hmm. and where you're getting also bang for your buck. So some of those, like the the um, the Bs and the magnesium as those bookends for your day. So that's a that's a really good starting point for for a lot of people um, with no real um, either either a diagnosed deficiency or, a, you know, ongoing illness or injury. Um, it's those sorts, of, those sorts of issues or conditions that you might be talking to a sports dietitian, for instance, and going, you know, I've got this, this ongoing um, joint pain or I'm, I'm sick kind of every couple of weeks and start to first of all dig into your diet and see if there's tweaks and changes or where you can up things or decrease things to help from that perspective but then utilizing some of the supplements really specifically um, around injury management or or illness um, that might that might be for a period of time depending what it is 
Um, you know, so so for instance, the GCM or the motion armor for some athletes might be something that you dip into for a period of time. Yeah. So it's not like you need to be taking, you know, the whole range every day. On the individual. Okay. Yeah. It it might be the same as well for certainly for the um the the ultra immune C. So yeah. which has the zinc and the D and the vitamin C, that's not something that you're going to be taking continually year round. Yeah. So the, particularly the the vitamin C component of that. That I'm that's disappointed to hear that because I the, the new powder that they created tastes so good as well. I want it to be having it every day. Is it bad if I have it every day? Um <laughs> just it's just the vitamin C. That's the that's really okay. the only one that your body can kind of get used to and, and down-regulate its response to it. Uh-huh. So, so that one is something, though, that if you were, um, if you felt you were starting to get sick, for instance, or if, you know, we're, we're in the midst of a pandemic and after the pandemic there seems to be every illness coming out of nowhere. For sure. You know, for me with kids. It's- yeah, everyone in Melbourne seems to be sick. A lot of the athletes I'm coaching are getting sick and I'm like, oh, is it COVID? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Yeah, and mostly mostly it's not. But so that would be the perfect time to be taking something like this. So or if you're, you know, if you're a runner or an athlete and you're going into a really heavy training block, so stress loads and load on the body cumulatively is pretty high. Um, or if you've got a lot of travel coming up, um, that would be the time where you would jump on to, to that, the ultra immune C. Okay. Immune support. Yeah, perfect. And so then if you were, you know, if you were in a, in a massive training block and, you know, your joints, you were feeling sort of stiff in your joints um, and you maybe went and saw a physio and they said that that's when you would then go have those sort of, you know, the joint, the GCM complex joint freedom and the fish oil and stuff like that, rather than it just being like loading up every day when you might not be requiring it. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's you know that's also from a practicality and a, and a cost perspective as well. Yeah. For most people, is just is just kind of picking when things are going to be the most effective. Um, certainly, the omega three that's going to have that's going to have benefits all the time. Yeah, for everyone, particularly if you're even vaguely active. That's the ultra omega joint freedom fish oil, right? Yeah, and it's you know it's it's going to have benefits beyond joints. So just just because you read it and think, oh, my joints are fine, I don't need that. Uh-huh. It's going to have benefits from, you know, from from all sorts of recovery processes and and maintenance. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, one last question here from Brett, which, again, a lot of people are going to be interested in this um, with Melbourne, Mar- you know, we've just come off Gold Coast Marathon in, in July and um, Melbourne Marathon is less than a month away. He said, what for someone during, and because Brett's doing a marathon block at the moment in the lead up to London, uh, London Marathon, and he said, what uh, micro, specific micros are the best to reduce getting sore and tired when doing like, you know, big weeks, putting back week after week of big training weeks in it for a marathon block? Yeah, I think it's it's possibly, well, the starting ones are those three that we just discussed. So, yeah, um, your... Ultra B in the morning, magnesium at night, and I'll be having the omega threes, you know, and and that that'd be the the standard starting pack. Okay, might have to speak to Pillar and the, the market it as the the marathon the marathon uh, well, yeah welcome pack. 
And I think, you know, from there, obviously your, your zinc, some sort of immune support. Yeah, because your body's just getting so run down with the big Ks of the marathon training. Yeah. 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 Okay. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Pip. That uh, that's pretty much the end of end of all the questions. Um, is there anything you can think of that we didn't we didn't cover? Oh. Uh, Put you on the spot there at the end. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think what's really important is to know. I mean, I I wish as an athlete that I had these sorts of products yeah. available. I think it's you know having having something that's this whole range is one, it's bioavailable. They're in a strength that is actually supported by the science. So sometimes you'll see products that you'll you'll read as a dietitian, you'd read the science and you'd read the evidence and you'd go, yep, you know, this this nutrient is a is beneficial for for this and can be utilized like that. But there was nothing available that you could practically use in that dose. Yeah. Yeah. Or if there was, it wasn't batch tested. Yeah. So that's the other thing with this range is that athletes, and you don't have to be an elite athlete to get the benefits from, you know, something being um, informed sport tested. You just yeah. simply know that it's safe and what you're getting on the label is is what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Damo, obviously founder of Pillow, had said to me. To me and Brett, when we when we spoke to him, he's like, "You guys don't know how lucky you are because, like, <laughs> you know, athletes now have have this sort of stuff readily available um, compared to you know back racing in the in the late nineties and stuff. It just wasn't. Yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing. Yeah, that's that's when you actually did have to have seven bananas. <laughs> Whereas now we don't. I don't even like bananas, so thankfully I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Pip. Um, and again, thank you to Pillar Performance for supporting us on this episode. Head to pillarperformance.shop to find out more and use the FTK10 code, which gives $10 off at checkout. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you.